0: The week has come to an end and that can only mean one thing. Another episode of Meet the CEO. This CEO has graced us before and one thing about him is his passion for the continent. He talks about the impact the right kind of investment can have on the continent and so much more. Meet Ryan O'Grady, CEO of KI Africa. From over a thousand cities and 126 countries, KI Africa brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at the Your main story is brought to you by Ironman Bank PLC, Ironman Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. Tell us more about yourself and your business career.
1: Hi, Ruth. Thanks for having me on the program. Uh, hello from Lusaka, where I'm spending the week learning more about opportunities related to investments and digital energy and agricultural sectors, and seeing firsthand some of the impressive achievements happening here in Zambia. Uh, As for me, it's a rather simple story. Uh, Originally, you know, I wanted to be a civil servant. You can believe that from someone who now works uh, at the opposite end of the spectrum. And, uh, you know, on the entrepreneurial or high-wire side of things. I originally studied public affairs and policy in Canada uh, before working in government and then transitioned into the private sector and working internationally. But for me, life kept leading me back to Africa, and I've been lucky to work on projects in the energy, fintech, financial services, and trade spaces over the past decade across the continent. And prior to landing here at KI Africa, I was based in South Sudan, where I was heading a turnaround of a national bank, which was a project that touched me deeply as I could see firsthand the impact that financial inclusion can have on key sectors such as for women and youth and how investing in agriculture, digital and other sectors gives impressive results, not just financially, but socially. I'd be remiss not to mention that Africa has been good to me in another way. I met my wife, Virginia, who is from Zambia uh, here in Africa, and we fell in love here in Africa. My daughter is African as well, so each day, I'm reminded of the blessings from this continent when I see both of them. Well, Canada will always be my nation of birth, and I will always feel a connection to it. Uh, Africa will always be home.
0: Why Ki Africa, and what's your vision for Ki Africa? Well,
1: Ruth, my vision—it's a rather simplistic one, to be honest. Our company makes ethical, transparent investments that drive impact and act as a catalyst to unlock opportunities. We focus only on Africa, as that is where we see the highest caliber and most impactful opportunities for investments in the decades ahead. From the energy deficit that exists, to the size of the youth demographic, to the impact that can be had in partnerships in the agricultural space, Africa is a continent of enormous potential and opportunity. And we look for that opportunity to invest in existing companies and ideas, and we help to scale them. Or where needed, where there's an absence, we take a greenfield approach in key sectors. Ultimately, my vision is to combine the talented and committed people on the ground in key markets who understand their markets and the technical elements with our equally talented experts in the areas of project structuring, capital raising and investment techniques. We bring together that strong team that has the capacity to build businesses. that will help to drive social and economic impact on the continent for this generation and future generations. I'm blessed to have worked with some amazing people over the past 15 years and in forming KI Africa, I've worked to recruit many of these talented people from around the world to come together in Dubai, Lusaka, Kigali, Kampala, Juba and Nairobi and, and form an inclusive and focused crew. They're an incredible uh, team and watching the synergies of their talents and cultures coming together has reminded me how blessed I am to work with such people. Our trade and treasury team focuses on earning quarterly revenue that our assets team can then invest, but invest for the long-term risk to be the patient capital that is tough to find that equity investor who will say, okay, I'll come in with you and I'm willing to wait five, eight, 10 years to get a return. Because we see the importance of what you're pursuing and the impact that this is going to have in your country, or better yet, for the continent.
0: What are some of the projects that you are currently pursuing in Africa?
1: Well, Ruth, we're pursuing a a fairly wide range of projects across the continent. Um, We've got a great mixture from the digital space where we've invested in infrastructure to bring faster and less expensive internet connectivity to the continent, starting on the Horn. To investments in renewable energy more in southern Africa and to our trade activities, which see us sourcing and providing everything from energy products to food products onto the continent. We're very focused on what impact we can have in agriculture in energy, uh, the digital space and financial services, as well as infrastructure. And we see these as not silos, but instead a synergistic ecosystem of investments that come together build communities, and and help to support national development agendas.
0: You are someone who grew up in Canada. What sparked your passion for Africa?
1: Yes, I am Canadian, and one does have to ask the question, why are you so passionate about Africa? How does a boy who grew up in small-town Ontario uh, end up living and working in places like South Sudan or, or Lusaka and Zambia? But to grow up in Canada is to have a respect for nationalities across the world. We are a diverse mixture of cultures and nationalities that form our strong basis of our communities. For myself, early in my career working in government, I was first introduced to Africa. And I was surprised, you know, throughout my career, I kept returning uh, to this Africa theme in terms of projects and opportunities. Working in Toronto, it was the Somali community that was pushing me to Kenya, to Somalia, to Somaliland on various projects. But then to work on projects is one thing, but to visit Africa is to fall in love with this incredible continent and her people. To spend time here working in business is to develop a deep respect for the passion as well as the resilience of the entrepreneur uh, who push harder and stay longer than most people ever would uh, when seeking to build opportunities. Now I'm looking back at you know about a decade and a half, maybe closer to two decades, uh, judging by the amount of gray hair on my head, uh, but looking at that time, working across the continent, and while it's certainly seen some turbulent times, I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, the continent has been very good to me, and I look forward to continuing to give back uh, in my work, to be a good partner, and to build strong opportunities to drive social as well as economic inclusion for this as well as future generations.
0: You are based in Dubai. How do you believe Middle East and Africa can work together?
1: So why Dubai? Why are we sitting in Dubai instead of, you know, firmly in Nairobi or, or, you know, in or, or somewhere else? Well, in our assessment, uh, the GCC, Middle East, uh, Dubai and the Emirates is a crossroads for capital. And it's where we see a huge amount of investment happening in terms of private equity, family offices uh, and, and other investment platforms. But then beyond just the access to the capital, there's this strong natural tie between Africa and the Middle East, between the GCC nations. And we see this strongly uh, in the UAE in particular, where they're a major contributor to development supports in Africa. I think they come in around you know, number three, uh, number three or number four in terms of overall support for the continent. So when we're looking at opportunities, the opportunity to scale up investments from the Middle East into Africa is attractive. As many of the service industries we're looking at in Africa exist in places like Dubai, so many of the digital elements are in place and applicable in one way or another. But more importantly, the innovation and drive that we see in the entrepreneurial sector in Africa is a great fit for the type of investor that we typically see in the GCC. Someone not afraid to take risk, someone who's able to work quickly. But here's what really drives it. It's investors in the GCC who are focused on building relationships and trust, which is very similar to what many uh, product sponsors and uh, across Africa are also focused on. You know, this is not transactional. This is relationship uh, building. And the investments that flow from that are meant for the long term. And uh, that trust factor is a key cultural uh, element that binds Uh, our Middle East investors and African uh, projects together in many ways. So for us at KI Africa, we play a key role in how to structure that, right? Because many investors from the GCC are invested and participating in the growth of Africa and the returns that are possible, but perhaps not so aligned on owning a startup or a physical uh, asset uh, here on the continent. So we as a firm, we take that risk. We provide the platform for investment and growth from the comfort zone in the GCC into Africa-based opportunities.
0: You're raising capital for projects in Africa. How do you raise this capital? And is there an appetite for investment in Africa?
1: When it comes to raising capital for projects in Africa, I like to fall back on my old phrase that we've got to walk the walk, not talk the talk. So we use a balanced approach. We use our own capital first. We we use the capital that we earn through our trade and treasury team. And then we team it up with like-minded investors who are also putting up patient capital. And then we top off that combination of equity investments uh, with debt mechanisms to help projects to scale. So this way, we take the first round of risk ourselves. We ensure our values and our standards are inculcated into a project. And in doing so, the structure is strong and investment ready. Only once have we done our proof of concept and our model is working well, do we invite others to share in the risk in scaling the project up.
0: Africa is considered risky. Why do you believe in Africa when others are hesitant?
1: Yes, we hear all too often about the Africa is risky uh, argument that is made. And you know what? All investments carry risk, right? Uh, And if you don't have an understanding of what you're investing in, your risk threshold is considerably higher. Where we have a competitive advantage is we've got a strong mixture of talented professionals with in-country expertise and operations and technical and then we've married that up with an international team with project development and capital and trading expertise. And when you bring this together, you've got a very powerful mix that enables the mitigation of risk along with the standard elements, you know, hedging, insurance, strong local pro- partnerships and sponsors. So there's many ways to move around uh, a lot of the risk in Africa by taking a sober and patient approach and mixing global standards with local standards typically overcomes a lot of this, you know, having that deep understanding of the markets in which you operate. So one area that people forget is where there's enormous enough opportunity or open markets comes a natural risk, but with that risk also comes a reward with the chance for strong returns. So at KI Africa, we focus on that balance. Uh, you have to structure your investment tolerance to embrace this and to manage that through hedging, insurance and, and other mechanisms. And you have to be patient. You know, uh, when we're investing in new markets and new opportunities, we cannot take a quarterly approach. We cannot take a half year approach or an annual approach. We have to be looking much longer term. And that's where the true uh, returns are uh, that we see in Africa today.
0: And a quick look at the markets. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. The Ugandan shilling maintained its strengthening trend against the dollar, closing Thursday's session stronger at 3.690, 3.700 levels from the day's opening of 3.715, 3.725. Month-end inflows and remittance flows were significant during the session, while demand was limited. Money markets faced tight liquidity conditions during Thursday's session, with overnight yields at averages of 10.21%. Bank of Uganda held a bond switch auction On Wednesday 23rd August and yields in the 3-year, 10-year and 15-year and 20-year cleared at averages of 13.65%, 15%, 16% and 17% respectively. Bank of Uganda is scheduled to hold a treasury bill auction on Wednesday 30th August 2023. And a quick trip around Africa. The five BRICS developing nations will admit Saudi Arabia, Iran, Ethiopia, Egypt, Argentina, and the United Arab Emirates. They said on Thursday, a move aimed at growing the clout of the bloc as it pushes to rebalance the prevailing world order. The expansion could also pave way for dozens more countries to seek admission to the grouping, which has pledged to address their grievances over a world order many feel is rigged against them. BRICS, whose acronym was originally coined by an economist, at Goldman Sachs, currently comprises of Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Deepening geopolitical polarization in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and China's declining relation to the United States are sparring efforts by Beijing and Moscow to forge BRICS into a viable counterweight to the West. The sixth candidate, countries will formally become members on January 1st, 2024. Uh, Cyril Maposa and Brazilian President Luiz Inácio Lula de Silva left the door open to the possibility of admitting more countries in future. Lula said globalization's promises had failed, adding that it is time to revitalize Cooperation with developing countries as there is a risk of nuclear war, an apparent allusion to the growing tensions between Russia and the West over the Ukraine conflict. United Arab Emirates President Mohammed bin Said, whose country is already a shareholder in the bloc's new development bank, said he appreciated the inclusion of his country in the expansion. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good morning, Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or just want to check out more stories, visit the website. That is thekfinancial.com, and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial, and you can find me at Withadon.